Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Love Monday podcast. I'm glad you've joined me again this week. Hope you have had a great week, and now we're kicking off another new week because it's Monday. And I hope you enjoyed your weekend. I hope you're loving Monday, just like Friday, but for a different reason. But if you're not, that's what you're here for, right? That's what we do on this podcast. This week, I want to talk, I want to talk about something a little bit different. Um, I want to talk about what happens after... A great event, like a great event in your life, something that's really exciting, exhilarating, rewarding, something you've waited for for a long time and you get this great opportunity. But what happens the day after? I'm going to describe to you kind of what happens to me. And and, uh, when I am going to speak at an event, and I do this quite a bit, when I'm speaking at an event... This is like the, my favorite thing to do, being a public speaker, being able to connect with an audience, to be able to, and especially if it's live, because then you can see everybody's face, you can see how they respond to you. When it's online, and since COVID, I've done a lot of online stuff, that's a little bit harder. They're actually harder to do. If you can engage an audience online, you're doing pretty well. So when I do a public speaking engagement, I usually have a PowerPoint slide deck, a slide presentation. And when the slide deck is ready, I rehearse. I do it in the energy and the voice that I'll do it at the event. You know, this slide, when I see this slide, this is what I'll say here. And how will I say it? Um, What's what's my line there? What am I going to do? And so I rehearse this in depth. My slide decks never have speaker notes, which might drive some people crazy. In fact, it usually does when I share a slide deck that I have done at a at a speaking engagement. People want the slide deck, but they also like to consult the notes, but there never are any notes. I'm not sh- I, I, I don't use notes and I'm not showing off. It's just that by the time I present this slide or this entire slide deck, I will have rehearsed it so many times that notes will ruin my rhythm. So when the image hits my eyes, it has to be muscle memory. It has to be that way. I I have to connect with the audience. So thinking about what to say and how to say it will prevent me from doing this. So it's all about my connection to the audience. And so I can't rely on notes. So again, I'm not any smarter or better presenter than anybody else. It's just that I do it differently. And so I do not use notes. I have to practice it so many times that I could do it in my sleep. And you know, I I often do. (laughs) I'm dreaming about it before and after the event. So, So it is all muscle memory. I see an image pop, a slide pop, and I know exactly what to say. And that way I can connect with the audience. And then when I get to the venue, I walk the stage. I walk the room. I sit in the chairs. I immerse myself as an audience member, first of all. I think about what I'll, what I'll need to do to reach someone sitting in this chair or that chair. And then I'll move across the room to a different part of the, of the room and sit in a different chair and, and look at the stage or the area where I'll, where I'll be presenting so that I can kind of get a feel for what it's going to be like for the person sitting in that chair. And what I'm going to ha- I imagine what I'm going to have to do to project my voice, to project my body language, to have the right content to reach people 
at the back of the room, in the middle of the room, on the side of the room, people standing in the back if, the, if I'm lucky enough to have that. Sometimes I have, actually. Um, and so I need to see it from everybody's vantage point. And like I say, I walk the stage for myself. I have to get a feel for the room from the speaker's perspective and from the audience perspective. Typically, also, I've been hydrating since the day before, and I do vocal warm-up exercises every day as well so that my voice will hold up. I don't want to have to worry about any of these little nuances. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to say. I don't want to have to worry about my voice. I don't want to have to worry about what I'm wearing. So I typically wear the same thing. I have some red vans that I wear at every speaking gig, regardless of what the dress code might otherwise be. Um, I, pre- I prepare the same for a group of 10 as I would for several hundred people or several thousand people. I, uh, I, it's, it's the, the show is the show. And it kind of is that way. It's kind of like a show. Because you've been to presentations where, or, or talks where it's like, hmm, that's not really great. It's not capturing my attention. And that's what it is for me. I think people, to be able to learn, they need to be entertained, quite honestly. And you'll see this difference. And I have people talk to me about this difference all the time. They'll say, yeah, this, this speaker was really, just had me riveted. I just really enjoyed it. Loved the stories, loved the experiences, loved the, loved the insights. And then others, they just don't capture the audience. And, and the content from somebody who doesn't capture the audience might be amazing, but if the content just does not matter if, you, if, if you're not a little bit entertained and you have, to have, you have to be engaging. So that's what I try to do. And so I did this. Like I say, I've done it six times, I think, in the last couple of weeks. And I go through this process. And some, some of these have been online. Some of them have been live. And I, like I say, I just love this experience of being able to public speak. So this is a big deal for me. And so I had one this last week, and it went probably the best that any of any talk I've ever given. The audience was engaged. It wasn't a huge audience, but everybody who was there, nearly everybody who was there was participating in one way or the other, either smiling and nodding with knowing glances or asking questions or sharing experiences, all of those things. And it was just felt like this enormous high that I was on. And then the next day, something strange happened. The next day, I got in this kind of, I just wasn't feeling good. I wasn't sick, but I was just kind of in a fog. And that fog slowly turned into a funk. And that funk slowly turned into kind of a depressed state. And I I was like, wow, yesterday was such a good day. And today is just not great. In fact, some bad things have happened. I just, things have not gone right. And then as I was thinking that, it hit me. I've. I'm in the drop. The drop, which is also sometimes known as the letdown effect, is what hit me the day after. And it comes after a high. You've got all these brain chemicals going on. So what happens when we get these, this letdown effect or this, these post-event blues? What's happening in the body and what's happening in the brain is the brain, during the time we are under stress, and the stress might be a good stress, like what I experience when I'm speaking, or you might have you know, the, what they call a runner's high if you're a runner, or any sort of emotional high that you get, during that time, you, you, the brain releases endorphins, and endorphins are actually kind of a natural pain reliever, kind of painkiller. So it's not, it's not necessarily the 
not necessarily the endorphins, it's the dopamine that is released through that process as well that then um, hits our pain receptors, and that gives us that high. That's the high feeling we have, and when we crash after that, that's what that's when that has stopped happening because we're in we're post event. We're in the letdown effect. And it doesn't feel very good. It's it's a real challenge. So I have it after a speaking gig and I noticed it this week and so that's why I wanted to bring it up. Do you have the letdown effect? Have you experienced this? And what do we do about it when we have this experience? That's what I want to talk about because it's going to happen. Um, it's it's anytime we have any sort of high like this, it's almost invariably going to happen. So what are some things you can do about it? I want to talk about that just a little bit today. So when you have this letdown effect, knowing that you're going to have it is one of the biggest things you can do. Now, I also know that I, I get this. If I go to an event like a speaking event and I'm the speaker, I almost always get this letdown effect. But I've also had it when I'm in the audience and I'm listening to a uh, particularly motivational or dynamic speaker and they've got great stories and I'm on the high that they're bringing, I get the letdown effect even after that and I wasn't even the one speaking. So you can get it for lots of different reasons. But knowing that you're gonna, you are probably going to have this is probably the biggest thing you can do to begin with is just knowing so you can mentally prepare. I mean, if you recognize the letdown effect you, and that you're going to have it, you can plan for it. So you sort of have to get your crash pads ready to go. You got to be ready to know that you're going to crash or there's a good chance you will. So if you can know that that's the case, you can prepare for it and you can distract your mind the next day with other activities. Now, a lot of times we're just going to be going back to the same old grind and that doesn't help. It helps a little bit when when we return to normal, but it doesn't make us feel good because we felt so good the, the day before. But knowing that you're going to have this crash, try to look for ways to slowly de-stress. Find something else that, that's engaging for that day following. You know, hobbies, other interests, being with friends, doing things like that. Those will be some things you can do to mentally prepare and also kind of emotionally and even physically prepare for that letdown that's going to come the day after. Another thing to remember is it's going to pass. It's not going to last forever. This isn't something that is permanent, but it can be very, very difficult to deal with, especially if you don't realize that's what's going on because you've been on this high one day. The next day you're on an extreme low and it can be the, the higher the high, the lower the low is what you're going to probably experience. And so you want to try and cushion that fall as much as possible because it has been known to even trigger clinical depression in people when it's been a super high and they didn't see this coming. Um, so you want to know that that it's going to pass, but try and do some things to to minimize that that fall, that drop the next day. Another thing you can do is sort of tap into your social network. Isolation can just make this problem even worse and get you even deeper into this emotional funk. So sometimes your social community can rally around you um, after this big event. So your significant other or your family or your friends know going into this high that you're going to be experienced that you're going to crash and, and let other people know. I'm going to need some support the day after because this is a big day for me and I appreciate all your support as I'm going into this. But on the day after, do you want to go to a movie with me or can we spend some time together? 
Tap into your social network, your family network, things that can help you with this. Also, look for the positive. When you hit this letdown effect the day after blues, it's like a kind of a recalibration for you. I mean, it's because you're, you're experiencing the highs and you're experiencing the lows. And so just, just look, look for that to, to realize that I'm, I'm experiencing this low because I had this high. And that's something to be grateful for. So look for the positive in that. Um, and then just make sure you get quiet. Have some quiet time if you need to, or get that support from others if you need to. Another thing you can do is just kind of hold on to what happened yesterday and realize it for how great it was. Because sometimes you come off of this high into the letdown effect and you're into this drop, I'll call it. You, you hit the drop and you think all is lost. You think nothing good happened. You think nothing ever good happens to you. But it does. And it happened just the day before. One of your highest highs of your life probably happened the day before. So savor that memory. Take the opportunity to say, hey, that really was a good day. Maybe journal about it. Maybe tell others about it. Tell them about your day and your experience. That really tends to help me. Um, And sometimes we feel like, oh, I really had this big accomplishment. And we feel a little bit self-conscious and we feel like we might be a little bit braggy about that don't worry about it you need the support so find as many people to tell about your high high on the day following so that you can kind of relive that a little bit and push past this this feeling that all is lost because it's not and you're going to get back there again but until you do savor that memory of what you experienced yesterday that's going to help cushion the drop a little bit better Also, one of the things you can do is set a new goal. So for me as a speaker, when I hit this drop the next day, I can set a new goal for what I want to accomplish next. What's the next place I'm going to speak? And if I've got that lined up already, what am I going to be saying? Try to focus on that. Or maybe you went to an event, or maybe you ran a race, or whatever it was where you're experiencing this drop, What are you going to do next time? What can you do better? Plan the next goal. What's your next race? What's your next speaking event? And if you went to an event and you were in the audience, like I talked about earlier, what are you going to do with what you learned yesterday? A lot of the times we we hit the drop after we were a participant in in an event. And like you go to a seminar or something, you were just highly motivated. And then the next day you just, you're in the funk, you've hit the drop. And now you don't want to do anything with it. Well, that's the perfect time to look at all of the things you were challenged to do and all the great inspirational thoughts you had the day before and then start to set some goals around those and put those things into motion. That's the best time is during the drop to to learn, to go back and review the things you learned and put them to use right away. This is another thing too. When you have been meeting with, you went to an event where somebody spoke to you like I do, can you reach out to that person for additional support? Ask them some questions, connect with them online, let them know how much you enjoyed that event and then come back to them and and say, hey, I really enjoyed this. And um, could you tell me a little bit more? Or even you can be a little vulnerable and say, I was on such a high during your talk that, I'm a little bit, I'm feeling a little bit down today. Could you, you got any pointers for that? If somebody who was in one of my audiences did that, I would be so happy to help them. I'd be happy to coach them as well. That's another thing you can do. If you've gone to something and you've been emotionally inspired, 
That's a good time if you're going to put those things to use. If you feel like you need a coach or a mentor or an accountability partner, the day of the drop when you're feeling low is a great time to find somebody, a coach, a mentor, an accountability partner to tell them, this is what I'm going to do with what I learned yesterday. Not only tell them about what you learned, but tell them what your goals are next, and then they can kind of help follow up on that. Also, if you hit the drop the next day and you had all these big plans from the day before and they're not going quite as planned and this drop might last more than a day and you might be saying, well, now I'm having all these roadblocks because I can't put these things into effect. It doesn't matter if not everything can work out for you. Just let you give yourself a little bit of patience, a little bit of grace in that area. But know that the things that you can put into effect, like if, if this high came after an event or this high came after a, you're running a race or climbing a mountain or whatever it is, what are you going to do next, even if things aren't going according to your plan? And then beyond this, know when you need to get help. If you are, you know, you're a marathon runner and you get in this funk afterward and you can't seem to get out of it, know when you need to get help. Go to someone who can help you, maybe a doctor. Um, a therapist, someone who can help you through this rough part of the drop that you're in. So that's what I want to just kind of review a little bit here. So what I'm talking about is when you have a big event, you've run a race, you've climbed a mountain, you've achieved a new goal, you've graduated from, from college, you got a new job, and then the day after or a couple of days after you experience what I call the drop. And when you experience that drop, it's natural, it's normal, and there are things you can do. And that's what we've been talking about today. So, again, the cause of this, brain chemicals that, that, are, that are released when we get those endorphins releasing, um, that, that produces dopamine, those are the things that really, that, 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 that's, those give you the high. But when you come down from that high, that's, that's the problem we've got. But you have to do something with that. There are things you can do to deal with it, and that's what we've been talking about today. So why am I sharing this with you today on the Love Monday podcast? Because another high we have frequently is Sunday or the weekend in general. And so when you're feeling low on Monday, you could be in the drop after a great Sunday or a great Saturday. And so it makes the problem of hating Monday even worse than it normally would be. And so that's also normal. We want to take bolder, bigger steps if we hate Monday, especially if you hate it every week. Now, that might mean that you're having great weekends every week, but there's no reason to hate Monday. There really isn't. And I, I hate to put it this way, but honestly, if you hate every Monday, you're doing something wrong. You're making one of the four mistakes, at least one of the four mistakes, maybe more than one of the four mistakes that make people hate Monday. And I want you to take a close look at that. So we talked today about the drop that you'll experience after having a high high. You're going to have that low low. Now that could be, like I just said, an effect of a great weekend and you're moving into Monday, but it's usually something else. It usually has something to do with what you do every Monday through Friday or whatever day it is you return to work. If you don't work a standard work week, maybe you go to work on Wednesday or maybe you go to work on Friday nights, your first day of the week. 
whatever that first day of the week is, if you dread that every single week, it's not just the drop. You're experiencing something that needs to change in your life. Now, we talk about this on this podcast every single week, and there are great, some great tips out here for you. I've had some great guests that give you great tips as well. If you need more help, go to lovemondaylikefriday.com. I have some great resources for you. Some are paid resources, some are free resources, but the paid resources are so cheap. It's nine bucks a month for a, for a subscription, and you can cancel any time, but there are some great resources out there. If you like this podcast, you're going to get video, video messages and video lessons from me that are going to help you go through a very methodical process from hating Monday to loving Monday. If you hate Monday, you can love it just like Friday, but for a different reason. So that's what we're talking about today. If you experience the drop, could be that you had a great weekend, but it's more than likely on Monday, you're not experiencing the drop. More than likely on Monday, if you hate Monday, there's something you can do to change this, and it's not that difficult to do. It's not easy, but it's not difficult either, and I've helped lots of people love Monday, just like Friday, but for a different reason. So thanks for joining me. I hope you have a great week this week. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, why haven't you done that? It's a great resource for you. And again, go to lovemondaylikefriday.com, sign up for at least the basic subscription or the premium subscription, whichever one you want to choose. And if you do the premium subscription, you get uh, a free webinar every week. If you do the premium subscription, you get a monthly webinar with me where you can tune in and I'm going to teach you more about how to love Monday just like Friday. And then you get almost a full hour to ask me anything you want to ask. We have a conversation. We got a great cohort of people that join every month on this. Come join me. Premium membership, premium membership on lovemondaylikefriday.com. Basic membership gets you all of the self-serve resources. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.